Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Nineteen twenty-seven. Good year. Oh, yeah, solid year. Hey, okay. dude, what happened in nineteen twenty-seven? Uh, would, would you like? Yeah, go ahead. It's either it's either prohibition or the stock market collapsed. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, one of those things is coming, but mm-hmm. the, the stock market crash hasn't happened yet. Okay. Fuck, when did prohibition? When did prohibitions? I think prohibition might have been. Late, because it's still the Roaring Twenties. But no, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. I looked. We looked this up. We've looked this up like three times in this podcast. By the way, I mean, when did probably. Prohibition start? And I've, I've not retained it. I've not retained this information. So I was wrong on both counts, though. Yeah. Was it? Well, the stock market is later. That's twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Uh, of. But the yes. When when was uh, when was Prohibition though? Fuck. I don't know. Now I gotta look it up. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Prohibition. Yeah. I'm not even going to guess. I just want to know. Yeah. Uh, January 17th, want... 1920, it went into effect. Yeah, 1920. That's what we knew. Yeah, right. Fuck. 1920. Yeah, because the Roaring Twenties, everybody was just getting drunk behind the scenes and it didn't matter. Right. Yeah. Even though it was illegal because it was a dumb law. Mm-hmm. The temperance movement. Well, we learned something, but though that did not happen in 1927. It did not. Nope. No, here are, yeah, here are a few things that did happen in 1927. The Great Mississippi Flood of 1927 occurred, which despite its name, as you can imagine, was not very great. Hmm. And then, I mean, it was one of the worst disasters. It still is considered one of the worst disasters that has ever happened. But I didn't get into all those facts and deaths and damages because we're moving this train along. Right on. Now, do do you uh, do you watch a lot of TV? I don't. Do you watch things on TV? Sometimes. Yes. Do you play Do you play games on TV? I do. Well, Philo T. Farnsworth transmitted the first electronic TV image in 1927. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. All right. And then uh, also in 1927, Warner Heisenberg created the uncertainty principle. Now, that's cool. It has to do with quantum mechanics. I'm not getting into it. Just mm-hmm. Google it. And then Nicola Sacco and Bartolomeo Vanzetti were executed for a murder they did not commit because of their Italian ancestry and anarchist ties. This was a whole thing that I that was not related to what I was going to talk about, so I had to leave it alone. All right. But it's like intrigue and espionage and like these guys because they're Italians and people are, were hate were hating hard on the Italians. They blame them for this murder. It's a whole thing. Anyways, huh. 
Okay. It happened in 1927. It was the hmm. talk of the town. Also, Joseph Stalin cemented his power over the USSR. Right. So that's not not good for history. Not good and for then, uh, Russia. No, no, for <laughs> no, not very good. Or a no, lot of that people. Spiral out. <laughs> that would spiral out. That would spiral out to lots of people. Yeah. Yeah. So bad news. Bad news. And also in 1927, Charles Lindbergh made his famous solo nonstop transatlantic flight in the spirit of St. Louis. Hmm. All right. Well, in the 1920s, the hospitals in Jacksonville, Elgin, and Kankakee became overcrowded, leading the Illinois legislature to build a new facility in Mantino, Illinois. But this wasn't just a normal hospital. It was an insane hospital. That's right. It was a hospital for the mentally ill. Okay. Mantino, Mantino State Hospital. Uh, a thousand acres were chosen in Mantino within Kankakee County. Most of the patients would be coming from nearby Cook County, but they felt building within Cook County would be too expensive, so they sought out cheaper, less expensive land in Kankakee County. And they needed land, because this hospital for the mentally ill was not going to be a normal, insane hospital, even by the standards of hospitals at the time. So is it going to be of, an insane, insane hospital? Oh my god, it is going to be an insane, <laughs> insane <laughs> hospital. The insane insanity will be off the charts. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. Instead of housing patients within one facility or one building, the patients would reside within, um, initially, these are the, were initial numbers, but the patients would reside within eight separate two-story cottages alongside an administration building. Now, those were the first buildings to be built um, at the time, because originally the plans called for 100 two-story cottages. And at the time, it cost $1,172,073. Now, like I said, the plans called for 100 two-story cottages, uh, but in 1929, after the first two-story cottages were built, they were changed to one story. Now, this was announced, of course. It was announced that they were doing this in 1927 by the okay. Illinois legislature. Okay. But in 1929, after the first two-story cottages were built... They were changed to one story, and although the reasoning is unclear, we got some speculation here, okay? Now, if you're building an insane asylum, well, we'll say we'll say an insane hospital. And by the way, the article I found that from had insane in quotation marks. So I don't know if it was being sarcastic or quoting someone, but it was an insane hospital. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but would you would you have any idea why they might change it from two stories to one story if it was an insane hospital? Uh, less falling out of second story windows. Yeah, that's a main one. It was uh, they Whether they assumed accidental it could be, or purposeful. Yeah, it could be less prone to suicides or people stumbling around. And also because this, because like back then, I mean this is an understatement, but back then things were weird. So even though this was also a home for the mentally ill, 
Like, a lot of elderly people found their way here because there wasn't exactly the infrastructure in place, like nursing homes and things. Mm-hmm. So, like, they would they shoved a bunch of old people in here, too. So they also figured, like, climbing up and down steps or navigating in between floors was probably hard on their bodies. So maybe they decided the, you know, the uh, the ranch setup of one story might have been a better choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then these new cottages were built with an H or E style footprint. So, you know, you can kind of start to picture the, like if you're looking from above or whatever, you know, flying over this structure. It's a massive structure, though, with all these little houses. Okay. And what was also fun was that these buildings were all accessible from an underground tunnel system. I mean, why wouldn't you want an underground tunnel system? Right? So, like, even though you're not putting people in, like, a prison setup, everything's still connected so the orderlies and nurses and everybody can still wander about without, like, walking outside. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's different, you know what I mean, the different pathways. All right. So, during the 1929 dedication ceremony, Governor Len Small, you know, Illinois Governor Len Small, I think is that his Len's, they kept saying Len, I think his name was Lennington, which, that what a cool name, Lennington Small. Said it was, <laughs> quote, oh, go ahead. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. Okay, sorry. I still, I can't see your face when I read this, so I can't see your react. That's my fault. Yeah, it's still a thing that we have to deal with over the internet. Right. So, yeah, Len Small said it was, quote, dedicated by the state of Illinois to the welfare of its people for their relief and restoration, a place of hope for the healing of the mind and body where many may find health and happiness again, end quote. It was a building designed to rehabilitate, heal, and help its patients. Above all, it was a building of hope. Okay. Its doors finally opened in 1930, with the initial wave of patients being transferred in from Kankakee State Hospital. A hundred men came in on a train arriving on December 27th. The facility acquired two more additional acres for the facility, but in 1929, we talked about this earlier, the stock market had crashed, and despite the success... (laughs) And despite... And despite the success of the program, its population was now double that of Kankakee State Hospital, 5,385 individuals according to the census. The Great Depression was in full swing, and dark times lie ahead. The institution's message of hope would be put to the test. All right, so get into this hospital. Okay. I'm sure it's going to It'll be fine. fine. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, that's why I'm... That's kind of why I'm talking about it. It's not going to be crazy. It's just, you know, insane. Right. It's insane. And then I'm going to read you the story and everything's going to work out and nothing bad will happen here. Correct. At all. Yep. Okay. So this is just going to be a feel good story for everybody listening at home. Now, again, this was no ordinary hospital. Like we established, it was insane. But no, it was no ordinary hospital. And it was an all encompassing. And essentially its own community, a town within a town. Patients grew and maintained crops in local fields, and they have plenty of fresh air and room to breathe. It was a welcoming atmosphere, especially when compared to the stereotypical and often crammed mental hospitals of the day. Yeah, it sounds nice. Yeah, very nice, roomy, breathable. 
you know, not like in a giant, like I mentioned before, not in this prison structure where you just rooms are basically cells and you're all kind of ah, mm-hmm. open, kind of gets the blood flowing, having a good time, mm-hmm. living life, just trying to, you know, got some stuff going on, you know, in the 1930s with your mental illness, getting great treatment. But I mean, considering the treatment back then, which, you know, I'm sure I won't get into as I keep reading this. Just being outside, like, messing with crops seems like probably one of the best things you could have someone do. Sounds nice. Like, just I can get yeah, behind go that. out there and yeah, go out there and play in the yard. I mean, sometimes I can but, use a break, and that sounds like it'd be pretty sweet. So Doesn't it, though? It really yeah. does. But the Great Depression sunk its teeth into all walks of life. The hospital's budget was cut by 29%. And sometimes the Depression manifested as uncontrolled disease allowing to flourish by inept leadership. Such was the case at the, as the, quote, Mantino madness, end quote, struck in the aforementioned 1939. Well, that can't be good. Nope. What was this madness? Well, the madness was typhoid fever and killed anywhere from 40 to 60 people and caused 400 people to be violently sick. Damn. Initially, Ralph Hinton, director of the Mantino State Hospital, thought it was just an outbreak of simple diarrhea and did not take it seriously. Huh. Whoops. Uh-oh. And I guess the uh, the state legislature got into him pretty hard about him blowing it. And there was like a whole thing. I didn't get into it, but there was like a whole legal dispute with him. And like they tried to sue and try to blame him for this and that. And nothing could stick, but he clearly fucked up, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. According to Time Magazine, quote, patients lay moaning in bed, quote, and the quote continues, others, whipped by mad fear, beat against the screen windows, grappled with attendants. Every night, kitchen boys and orderlies disappeared. Over 45 ran away in all. Damn. Yeah, so... Yeah, there was an, an epidemic inside this building, mm-hmm. and people wanted to leave it, and they did. I mean, that seems like an appropriate response. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, right, it's the middle of the Great Depression. Do I stay in this disease-infested hospital so I can have any kind of money for my food or family? I'm sure a I lot of people had to make that tough choice and stayed, which, yeah. Yes. Yeah, which, I mean, thankfully no one can relate to those things today. Thank goodness for that. Hmm. Yep. The benefits hmm. of working and getting sick. No one has to, no one has to think about that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing anyone can relate to in any way whatsoever right now. But anyways, however, the benefits of its unorthodox therapy methods continue to build interest in the facility and its numbers of patients, people being admitted, skyrocketed. Plus, it had grown to be one of the largest institutions of its kind. How large? Well, it had its own police force, fire department, restaurants, utility services, and paved roads. Damn. So this is like a this is like a subdivision at this point, or I mean, section. I mean, it's like a city. Yeah, small town. Exactly. It's like a little. It's like a mini municipality. But what followed? The Great Depression. So things are getting kind of shitty. Real shitty, in fact. 
So what could be worse than a Great Depression? I think you know. How about a Second a World war. war? How do we feel <laughs> about that? Yeah, a Second War? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. And, uh, you know, the experienced doctors and nurses were called on to serve the war efforts. Mm-hmm. Which resulted in the hospital staff being cut in half. Which, Literally? Well, yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> all right, these guys got to go, so you guys left. We're going to cut you guys in half. What? Yeah, yeah bust out the saws. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yep. All right. I mean, either way, it sucks, but. <laughs> yeah, and then 45 more boys and orderlies ran away, so they could not be cut in half. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Later. I'll find something else to do. Yeah, bye. So as you can imagine, things would soon become uh, questionable. Uh, uh, they're already getting there, it sounded like. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of, kind of winding up, don't you think? Yeah. Well, out of t- 120 nurses, only 16 actually had nursing experience. So that's fine. Well, the rest are about to get some. <laughs> yeah, they really are. What with the facility falling back on high school dropouts to fulfill its staffing obligations. Now, to be fair, it's a different time, so I don't know how many people were graduating high school back then, because like, you could probably not do that and still get by at that point. Uh, 1930s. I mean, yeah, you'd want to graduate high school. Yeah. You'd want to graduate the high school. But but still, I even, I mean, you know. It was probably still recommended. Right. And you'd like to have some training before you're like, take care of these people. What? Yeah, it's fine. I'm sure you'll come up with great solutions on your own. Yeah. All right. Other therapy methods began to take hold. After all these, you know, the, the staff is shifting. So, you know, other therapy methods began to take hold. Cool stuff like shock therapy. Yep. Shock therapy being implemented by high school dropouts? Maybe. Quite possibly. It's very it's likely. Definitely terrifying. Yep. Do you feel better? What is happening to me? <laughs> I don't know. I just got here. It's my first day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're supposed to stand in the water, and I touch the the wires to this, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, you just stay here. I'm going to throw a toaster in your bathtub. What? <laughs> That's shock therapy, right? Yeah. What? No. I think there's devices for that. Well, there was no training for this, so here we go. So, hey, you want to see the manual? Me too. Don't got one. Oh, no. All right. Yeah, but is anyone ever really a professional at the, quote, science of shock therapy? No. No one is. I don't is. think so. I'm sorry. All right. So, stories of nurses assaulting patients started to circulate around town. And vice versa, that violent, unruly patients began assailing unqualified and overwhelmed staff. So yeah, things are heating up. Yeah, it's just a war. Yeah, it's basically. Yeah, it's now this, you know, we've talked about, you know, back and forth repercussions um happening in different situations on this show. This is another yep. one where I can just imagine people being beaten and then, you know, the patients freaking out and then no one knows what's going on and then like the one qualified nurse walks by and she's like, "Oh my god, what are you guys doing in here?" Mm-hmm. Well, yep. eventually you would hope someone would take notice, right? And eventually someone did. And that someone was the federal government who 
swooped in and intervened by injecting the patients with malaria and an assortment of STDs. Oh, well, that's not where I thought that was going to go. <laughs> no. Scientists and psychiatrists swarmed the facility. A common mental illness treatment was also being implemented. Do you know what common mental illness treatment this may be? Uh, does it have something to do with an ice pick? It might. It very well might, in fact. Yeah. That would, yes. That They began, or they escalated the lobotomies. Yep. And uh, so that's cool. Is it? Yeah, real, well, I mean, I guess it depends on how cold that ice pick is, I guess, but. Yeah, well, but it's yeah, ma- yeah well, it's not, yeah, not actually, oh, god damn it. Yeah, so that's always a fun image to picture in your head. Oh, no, it's and, uh, not a fun one. No. Especially in my head. Nope, I'll pass. No, yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't picture it in your own skull. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, nope, that's bad. Well, there was also stories of patients being sexually abused, and experimental surgeries were conducted on patients without their consent. Like they were so, sleeping or something, right? And they were just like, hey, I didn't agree to this. <laughs> Where's my arm? Why do I have three arms now? I don't know. I never... <laughs> yeah, and then and then that guy, you think you have three arms? No, I do. They would just tell him he didn't, and then he would go insane. You gave wow. me three arms. Yeah, that's... A, <laughs> I mean, you, this, no, it's no, a bad you place when shit like that's going down. Hey, they're doing weird experiments, man. I don't know what they were up to. But acres of hope had become acres of hell. This is a horror show. This is not good. Remember when it was just people like planting planting crops in the fields and stuff? Yeah, just kind of interacting and mm -hmm, trying to rehabilitate or become functioning members or continue to be functioning members of a society. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also a story that a nearby farmer, you know, who lived next to the hospital, he sold his property because he kept finding dead bodies in his fields. Oh, fuck. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Yep. That's not good. In, uh, I mean, 1940- it had to have been a lot to be like, you know, I gotta go. Yeah, what is the number of dead bodies in your yard, in your field, where, like, you realize it wasn't just, like, a one-off, and you're like, this is enough. Like, what do you think? How high would, if you were a farmer and, like, you had the means to leave, because clearly he had the means to leave and sell his property, what would be the, be the number of dead bodies where you'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm calling it quits. I don't know. I, I'm actually more worried that he had, like, some horrible accidents with discovering these type thing. Oh. Yeah. Because, like, like, I don't know, he's a farmer. You know, he could be doing anything out there and... Sometimes he can't see shit. Oh, no. Right. It's like, I found another one. It's just, he's everywhere now. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, more God. of my, like, concern. Is like, yeah, honestly. Because that would take, right, like, so if that... one. <laughs> like, it'd be like, well, I'm fucking right. done. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. Yeah, I think, yeah, at the most, at the most, I think it'd be two. He'd be like, again? I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, first time, like, okay, freak accident. Yeah, that's Second weird, time, right? Crazy. Like, no. Yeah. Second time, I'm fucking done. Yeah, we ain't doing this. Pass. Yeah, pass me out of here. I'm leaving. Goodbye. 
but yeah, in 1942, uh, 462 patients had died due to this alleged government experiments, and that's mainly infecting oh. people with malaria and being unable to treat them. You know, good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 200 patients had also escaped, so you have people trying to flee this horror show, and of course, some may have ended up left for lost and left for dead in that farmer's field, or they mm-hmm. would just, you know, like you said, sleeping there maybe, or just get run over by... I mean, you just imagine the terror that, you know, picture your favorite terror or, you know, and it could have been happening because hope was hell. In 1954, the facility housed 8,195 patients. 450, quote, nurses worked there, but only 21 of them were registered nurses. So again, there's that those freelancers getting in there trying to maintain order mm-hmm. or just show up and collect a paycheck and go home and don't give a shit about what happens there. Or don't know how to give a shit about yeah, what happens here. <laughs> right. And even if, right, and even if the 21, yeah, are the nurses expected to teach these people as they're helping other patients? I mean, 450 nurses to be able to take care of 8,000 people it seems like a yeah. bad those those odds aren't good. I don't like no. those odds aren't very good for anybody. Nope. All right, so um but it was all downhill from there. Well, I don't even know what downhill means in this situation compared to the you know when it, when it comes to this hospital. But um people stopped showing up there for better or worse and elderly patients began being shifted toward nursing homes because those started to become a thing. So I mean that seems like the better play, to be honest. Like, imagine being around people being treated uh, for severe mental illness just because you're old. Like, you're you're told like you know those these people need help, and you're just kind of aging out. And it's like, what am I around here? Yeah. Can I go somewhere else, please? Yeah. Normal gets weird real quick. I bet. Yeah, it's like, oh geez, there's Bob again, banging his face against the window, just trying to drink my coffee here. Well. Is anybody? Oh no! And no one's around to help him because there's only 450 people here for 8,000 people. All right. So by the mid 70s, the facility was rechristened the Mantino Mental Health Center, but this would be short-lived because in 1983, Governor Jim Thompson made the call to shut it all down, and by 1985, the hospital was closed. Okay. Yeah. So what what um what did the future hold for this these acres that we mentioned earlier this these uh the structures well the buildings would be refurbished, repurposed and or demolished to become a veterans affairs office, other assorted businesses, primarily a Diversitech group, a bank and a housing project. As the property was divided up and sold, you know, by the state to whoever would, you know, pick up the pieces. Most of the original structures have been destroyed. However, one cottage, Morgan Cottage, was the last remaining structure on the old property. But as of 2015, it has also been demolished. And I'm going to read some quotes here. Quote, we are devastated by the loss of the Morgan Cottage. End quote. Travis Dahlhauser of the Greater Rockford Apparition and Ghost Group. Greg. So just remember huh. that for the future. Yeah, just remember okay. that. Yeah, just, you know, 
Greater Rockford Apparition and Ghost Group, Greg, said, quote, It's a loss for people who love haunted history and exploring amazing places. Without our experiences at the Morton College, we wouldn't be doing what we love doing. I wish I knew our last visit would be the last time we'd see it. It was truly the most haunted location we've experienced. I'm sad to think people in the future will not be able to experience firsthand what lied in those amazing ruins. They'll only be able to read about it. So, I mean, I guess I get where he's coming from, but I don't at the same time. Right? Well, he's he's sad a, a decrepit building got torn down that was falling apart because he misses the ghosts. I mean, maybe they're his only friends. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I don't know how many people are in Greg. I should look them up. I should have did that earlier. Mm-hmm. You can tell just by my reaction to that when I was putting this together, I saw like he was part of a group and I just kind of skimmed over what the group was. So that was me almost like paying attention to it. For the first time. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, Oh, all right. I knew it was with like spirit group or whatever. But I was like, Oh, all right. Well, okay. All right. Well, so that's a lot of history in this place, right? There's yeah. a lot of bad things. You know what, what constitutes a ghost sticking around, you know, violent death, Torment, pain, suffering, unfinished business, trauma. So far in our experience of studying the, these things, uh, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, adventures in the sciences of ghosts, those things would lead to things sticking around. Well, people have reported apparitions of patients, nurses uh, roaming around this area, and the blaring of long gone, like intercom announcements, like just, you know, an oh. eerie intercom type okay. sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, now, that is the story of the, um, you know, the Mantino State Hospital. And I visited a few websites when organizing, kind of getting a gist of what this kind of hospital was about. And that's kind of kind of condensed it to all, they kind of all talk about the similar things. Well, we like reading sometimes when we come across sightings or personal accounts. It's nice to convey those. So what follows is a comment thread from uh, sometimesinteresting.com. And if anything was sometimes interesting, I think this story would qualify. And it's a comment thread where people um, have kind of like a conversation and talk about their sightings and people they've known who've been there. So we're kind of going to go through this, okay? Normally we don't. I'm going to read a bunch of these because they kind of, it's kind of like a back and forth. And it gets into some details that um, again are just comments on the internet so are they true all they are they false were they written by a robot did a robot see a ghost i don't know will your comments be written read on a show sometime that we find on the internet Hmm. right (laughs) well but yeah what do we got because i know exactly what you're talking about i've come across a good amount of (laughs) these in my in my research Sometimes they're pretty gripping, so. Yes, yeah, so we're, so we're going to, this one starts off, and then we'll kind of jump in between them. Uh, and before this comment thread begins, this article had a bunch of pictures, and this comment refers to one of these pictures. The writings on the third bathroom walls is surreal. I want photos of all the walls to read it. And someone replies, the writing is about Jenny Pilarski. This site has a story about her. 
didn't know if it was that site or this site. This guy just has a, he just quoted from a site that I couldn't exactly find where it came from. So here we go. Everyone has, Jenny said. Her brother, for instance, was an enemy because he had threatened to hurt her. Her father was an enemy because he had beaten her up, slapped her, and torn the clothes off her back. And her mother? Jenny said she didn't know if her mother was an enemy. When asked if anyone had ever tried to poison her, Jenny responded, quote, I have eaten things I don't like, but I wouldn't call that poisoning. End quote. The therapist asked Jenny what she would do if she were released from the insane asylum, as Jenny called it. Jenny said she would like to have a job, clothes, some books. She would buy powder and rouge and have some teeth extracted. When asked to explain the difference between a tree and a brush, Jenny said, a, Oh, a bush? You idiot. When asked to explain the difference between a tree and a bush, Jenny said, A bush is a small plant, and a tree is a large plant. It's fair. Right? Not wrong. She is not incorrect there. That is a true statement. Um, when asked the difference between a lie and a mistake... She asserted, quote, a mistake is a casual error, a lie is a deliberate, conscious attempt to twist the truth for personal gain. What was right. the difference between laziness? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. She's, you know, okay. speaking, uh -huh. spitting, some fa spitting some facts here. Yep. What was the difference between laziness and idleness? Quote, I don't know, she said. Now, the therapist noted that Jenny had repeated a statement, the same statement, several times during the examination. A person that is 25 years old should be away from family entanglements. Again, a person that is 25 years old should be away from family entanglements. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. I have no idea. In a paragraph marked, quote, sexual trends, the therapist noted that Jenny had said, quote, I don't want a boyfriend. He concluded that she was oriented as to time, place, and person, and had good memory and retention. She was neat and clean in appearance, tidy in her personal habits, cooperative. Estimating her intellectual capacity, he wrote, quote, Counting and calculation were all done rapidly and well. Patient has attended the University of Illinois for three years as a chemistry major. Several months later, Jenny was subjected to hydrotherapy, repeatedly plunged in and out of ice water. Afterward, she asked, quote, Is life a farce? End quote. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I'm not going to say that if I was forcibly dunked into water, cold and water all the time, that I would say that at some point. So I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah, what are we doing here? Am I even alive? What is no. the purpose of this? Because they also, when I was reading, a, a treatment for schizophrenia was being dunked in bathtubs. So, like, did they think she had schizophrenia while she was in here? But that was, like, like allegedly before some of the buildings were torn down, you could still see, and that might even be in this comment thread I'm reading to you, but you might even still be able to see some of the bathtubs. What, what year was that this? Existed. Um, well, by, uh, well, Jenny's story, by VJ Day in 1945, Jenny had been given 40 insulin coma treatments and undergone 14 bouts of electroshock therapy in addition to her hydrotherapy. So okay. she's been running the gambit here. Yeah, so victory in Japan day. Exactly. Um, so 
is life a farce would be i don't know the modern equivalent of like is this are you fucking fucking kidding me like right like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> is this a fucking joke are you fucking serious yeah are exactly fu- are you fucking kidding me yeah yeah is this real life that's why i read it in my head is this real life is, yeah. what are we doing here are you serious yeah so yeah how had she responded well and that was where that comment thread ends so that was jenny's story about a cool little um you know what life was like in this hellhole so that's hmm. not fun that sucks mm-hmm. ass it doesn't seem great Okay, and then more facts just on where that writing came from. Who did the writing? I'm guessing there were hundreds of patients who were just like Jeannie, unfortunately, uh, or Jenny. It's spelled uh, G-E-N-N-I-E. That's why I keep saying Jeannie, but I meant it's probably Jenny, right? That's how I would pronounce that. Um, but my brain yeah, wants to shit to think Jeannie. So. Uh, just because we're doing a supernatural podcast and we often think about genies. Um, Correct. Yeah, it was a part of a photography project called The Jenny Project by photographer Kristen... Vinicor. All right, so then we get into some random other comments. Somebody's like, I bet that place is haunted. Well, could be. It's a good uh, hypothesis there. Yeah, not bad. Then another comment. My daughter and I went into the steam tunnels underground between buildings many years ago and turned off the lights and listened. And yes, that place has spirits. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. And then somebody's like, what is the address of this place? They give the address. And then uh, somebody jumps in with another um, comment with some some length to it. I used to work at one of the programs that was using part of the facility. They only use a few buildings, but as staff, we were show around the tunnels and while working. And many times at night, you could hear strange things and the power would often shut off for no apparent reason. One of the reason they have such a high turnover rate. I left after a month. Most people working there believed strongly that the buildings and even the current residents are haunted. When I had been working there for only a week, my mother told me that my great-grandmother had been institutionalized there until her death and that they performed hydrotherapy and other forms of, sh- of shock therapy on her. Huh. Another longer one. My father worked in the powerhouse at MMHC for 35 years. When I was his, when it was his turn for custody and he was forced to work, I used to stay the night there. Huge generators I would sleep on. Had massive deadbolts on the door and a chain, essentially locking us in to stay safe from some of the patients who would escape and try to break in. This place was enormous and really cool for a kid who loved to wander around. The powerhouse was torn down quite a while ago because it was riddled with asbestos, which sadly probably killed my father. Oh, my God. Damn. Okay. <laughs> awesome memories, but a very, very creepy place. Wow, that one, that one took a turn. That's yeah. like I knew his dad. Okay. Yeah. Which sadly probably killed my father. Oh, my God. And then somebody asks... Is any of the buildings still standing? It's a great sentence. Um, <laughs> and then somebody is any of the buildings still standing? No. As of and somebody responds to this. As of now, there are, but the buildings have been coming down quickly in recent years, as the land is reappropriated and developed. Unfortunately, it's already too late for most of Mantino. 
And again, like I said, this is these comments are now from 2013, and in 2015, the last remaining cottage had been torn down. Mm-hmm. I lived there on the grounds from nine years old until I was 15 or 16. Father was a chief engineer. I know the place very well. Oh, interesting. Hey there, do you know... I, I knew this one was in here somewhere. Hey there, do you know anything about musicians or bands who would play concerts at Mantino? Was this a thing? And if so, do you remember any names? My uncle was there in the 50s and 60s and spoke of this, but I would like to find out more. Sadly, I can't ask my uncle anymore as he has passed. Thanks. Best, David. Nobody responds to David about the shows that may have been performed at this Mantino hospital, unfortunately. Hey, yeah, I mean. But was there shows? That, was there shows there being put on? I mean, maybe. it seems like a big place. Yeah, seems possibly. like you could have entertained people, uh, patients, yeah. and stuff like that. Distracted everybody from misery, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the band plays their last set, and it's like, all right, guys, time to go to your hydrotherapy chambers. What? Time to get dunked. Wow. Well, that, Can we not? That's not, yeah, that's not fun anymore. All right, and this guy talks more about the area. Awesome place, but they're, they're uh, awesome place. Been there a few times myself to do some photography. Some of the buildings have been torn down. Some have been remodeled and are being used by companies as depots, I presume, while others have degraded naturally and can't really be accessed, the basements at least, which is where all the cool stuff is in my opinion. Things like old equipment and clear signs of satanic or some kind of witchcraft rituals. Because, of course, man, you know satanic, you find these tunnels, you're just going to go to town with these. Plenty of graffiti. And a very, very unsettling feeling, especially if you read up on all the the cruel treatments the doctors practice on the patients. Also, the chimney stack from the crematorium where they burn plenty of bodies. Oh, my God. I don't suggest going there. However, there, since there is a regular security force and residential areas nearby with folks that are very aware and sick of people trespassing just for kicks. Makes sense. Right. So what is still standing and what buildings have been repurposed? This comment kind of dives into that a little bit. Unfortunately, there's not much left abandoned of the original campus. Much of the hospital has since been renovated, rebuilt, and most of the rest of the land has already been reappropriated. That said, there are still some original structures standing. At the corner of Olive and Mulberry, along Olive between West Sycamore and Diversitech Drive, and across the street from these buildings are other various abandoned structures. On Diversitech, between Evergreen and Chestnut, the original main building on Diversitech, and Bramble, still in use though not abandoned, at Bramble and Sycamore. And there are more, but keep in mind many of those old buildings are still in use and not vacant. And then somebody's asking about permission. Of course, you should get permission if you're going to go there. And then this one is a personal story. I would love to know if anyone has any info on my grandmother, Doris Totten who was a patient at Mantino from April 1931 to her death in 1971. She is buried there on the grounds. I wonder where I can get any old records or info on her while she was a patient there for so many years. It was a family secret for many, many years, and my mom and her two siblings were raised by a great aunt who told them their mother was dead. My mother did not find out her mother was living when she was older, but didn't go to visit out of fear until years later. What was wrong with her? They, the family, said she had a nervous breakdown because of her mother's death. But it doesn't add up, and I'm wondering why nobody went and got her. What happened to her husband? Paul Totten. 
He seemed to disappear off the face of the earth. I just want to know the real truth behind it all. Please help if anyone knows anything. Oh my God. <laughs> Did Paul just wow. put his wife in a mental institution and in this bail? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. He hands off his child, puts his wife in the institution. And he's like, peace it. I'm out. Later. Oh. No, Paul. You're a horrible person, Paul. Why would you do that? Don't do that, Paul. Oh, my God. There's just so many stories in here about people who've, like, people who have, like, these people are reaching out because of this article. Oh, my And this one's from 2019 about somebody who was uh, talking about their mom who had passed and then um, basically looking for records. And then, like, learning about what happened to people when they were there makes people freak out, obviously. Mm-hmm. My great uncle was a guest here at one time. He had a brain tumor that caused him to be violently insane, and instead of actually treating his cancer, they locked him in there as he as was the custom of the time. Oh. And then the guy after that just says, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I am too. Yeah, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. All right, and this is from somebody who lives in the area describing the town as well. I live here in Diversitech. I love it out here. It's peaceful. There are still buildings left, especially the administration building, which is now the Homestar Bank office. But that building is a landmark, so I don't see them tearing that one down. But there are some that have been turned into company buildings, and some are used now for the Mantino Veterans Home, and some are now part of Indian Oaks Academy. And then there are some that are still standing that are really decrepit, like the most decrepit one is the Morgan Building in the most southwest corner. I'm, this was from 2014. Do you know how depressed I am that this building is gone? Because it sounds incredible. Like, I've seen the pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But there's just something interesting about that building that I think they should le- just leave it alone till it collapses on itself. Well, that's not very safe. Actually, that building made a great backdrop for my senior pictures. Oh, my God. Wow. What kind of morbid oh, pictures are what? those? <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is my photos from inside of an insane asylum. I mean, those would be cool pictures, actually. I mean, it could be a cool backdrop, I guess. Right. Oh, and the Morgan building is said to have been the home where Jenny lived. Anyways, this goes on to talk about photo opportunities. Let's see. Okay. Now, we've talked a lot about, um, on this show, about teenagers who go off by themselves and do things. Go on little adventures. Um, So, in the 80s and 90s, this kind of ties into that theme of, you know, kids running amok. In the 80s and 90s, it was all pretty well abandoned. Teenagers would break in and go through the rooms and tunnels. There were underground tunnels connecting each building and rumored to go all the way to town. Now... We've gotten a few accounts from some of these teenagers, and I have another one right here. I was one of those teenagers. We, we went all over the place within the grounds, in the basement <laughs> and the upper room. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I did that. Yeah. So yeah, in the basement and the upper levels as well, and yes, there were tunnels downstairs, and you could get lost very easily if you were not careful. I heard those rumors, too, that the tunnels would connect to the town, but never ventured that far to find out. And somebody comes in spitting facts about this. For starters, the tunnels did not connect to the town of Mantino. In fact, some, because it's just like outside of the the main town, you know how that kind of, you know. Uh In fact, some claim they went all the way to Chicago. 
They didn't. I remember yeah, going through the that. buildings. <laughs> no. Like what kind of what kind of operation do you think is going on here? Yeah. I remember going through the buildings countless times, starting in the early 1990s. I dispute talk of the building that was full of children's toys. By the late 1960s, Mantino did not house juveniles. At that time, Mantino was only for people over 18. Lincoln and Dixon State schools were able to handle most of the children by the 1970s. There is a lot of BS out there about Mantino, including those that say Charles Manson spent time there. He didn't. Well, that would have taken a turn for the story if I just found out Charles Manson was there. Yeah. So we talked earlier about the words about Jenny written on the wall. Were this... um. Yeah, I'll give this I'll give this individual a shout out because their username is Living Dead Girl Nicole. So Living Dead Girl Nicole says the words painted on the walls was of a patient's file. Someone did a project about Mantino and they went in and painted the words of the girl's file on the walls to tell her story. It was really remarkable to see firsthand and to read about the woman who used to be a patient there. The last time I was there, some idiots sprayed another one of the rooms with spray paint. They were destroying the property. They sprayed the tubs gold and sprayed the words bling bling on the wall and door of one of the rooms. Hmm. Okay. Considering those tubs were probably used to dunk people who were schizophrenic, painting them gold and writing bling bling on the wall might be a little inappropriate. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and by the in this sum in the summary, bling bling is in all caps, so it's bling bling. I mean, you don't Such yell it without yelling all ca- in That's all true. caps. That's you true. Know? You're, you're right. It's, it's very true. Um, without the graffiti and garbage from teen parties, you can see the beauty and destruction of the place as it was naturally falling apart. It was quite dark, beautiful, and historic. Seeing people destroy it was heartbreaking. But yeah, I mean, that's maybe not what you should be doing. Right. Yeah, somebody asked a, le- a very fair, legitimate question. Where did the residents go when the facility was closed? Well, this story, of course, doesn't have a happy answer. Because where would these people go? In the farmer's In the field. farmer's field. <laughs> In the farmer's field. In the silo, cut up with the corn. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, but they go on to say, yeah, obviously these would be state hospitals or different group homes. But then they post a link to something I should probably look into later about what happens when that goes terribly. But of course, someone jumps in. In the end, a lot of thousands of former residents all across the country ended up as what they were came to be called, of course, homeless. And they say that people who were kicked out of this place had nowhere else to go, which is very true, I would imagine. Right. But the real question is, I've been talking about ghosts and apparitions, like people kind of hear spooky things and whatever. Well, do you think anybody ever got possessed here? Uh, I would say there's been a fair amount of people that said that they were possessed. Uh, Being schizophrenics and all sorts of things like that. Right. I mean, that's right. That's true. But outside of that, I don't know. Well, this guy goes on to, uh, I went here a few weeks ago with some friends. I ended up blacking out looking into one of the buildings in the woods. I finally came to 
when one of my friends started screaming at me to snap out of whatever trance or whatever you call it was I was in. I had nightmares after that of being held down in a chair by someone dressed in white and a man in a brown suit emptying two mags into me with an old-looking gun. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, dude. That's I doubt a bad anyone dream. is going to believe. That's not good. Yeah, terrible. I doubt anyone is going to believe this, but let's just say I'm not going back to this place. I also started puking when I was there and felt paranoid the whole time. Huh. I mean, maybe somebody that's more sensitive to the, the veil type thing? Yeah, right? What happened to that man? Oh, well... Many people had reasons, or alleged reasons of... You know, people ended up here for specific purposes. Something would drew, draw attention to, um, you know, someone and be like, you might need some help with your mental condition. Well, someone says, my mother had been put there after leaving me for dead in a dresser drawer in 1955. They say oh. the mother's name here, but I'm not going to read it. They did a lobotomy on her, and she told me during this they found she had brain cancer. She spent several years there till around 1960. Hmm. And and so then she's these are many people just reaching out about their loved ones. This is depressing. Yeah. Like like they're doing this in a random comment thread, which means they really just needs they want something. You know what I mean? Some connection or some closure help with this their loved ones who are put in this madhouse. And I'm not sick calling it a madhouse because of the people in there were mad. It's a madhouse because obviously what was being done to them Right, yeah, pretty crazy stuff. All right, this will be this will be my final. This is a got a, This is the final comment that I will read about the Mantino uh, State Hospital. While working okay. at Elgin State Hospital, well, hold on. Okay, no, this this still applies. I was gonna say this is the hospital I'm talking about. While working at Elgin State Hospital in 1963, I was like, that's not what I'm talking about. Myself and a coworker, Malcolm Winkler were sent to Mantino for two weeks training. So this guy did spend time at the hospital in the comments from 2016. Three mm -hmm. things remained in memory from that time. One, we had to serve one day as an aide on a ward assigned to us. I had the misfortune to get a geriatric ward. It seemed to be a never-ending stream of rolling patients' beds to the washroom. They were There they were stripped of the gowns they had messed in, moved naked to the slab to rinsed off, dry, dressed in a clean gown, moved back to the remade bed, and trundled back to their spot and then go on to the next one. It seems that there might have been around 50 on the ward, all bedridden. One evening, four of us decided to call in a food order in town. We all piled into Emil Jordans, who happened to be a black gentleman, I don't know where this is going, car and rode into town. When okay. we got there, Emil, we'll see if that matters for the story. I'm hoping there's a purpose for that. When we got there, Emil said that it probably would not be a good idea for him to go inside the cafe. What year did this take place in? Did I tell that already? 1963? All right, yeah. that's important. So there's we all piled your, into... Uh, yeah, that's important. Yeah, Yeah. then Emil's, then Emil, when Emil says, yeah, I probably would not be a good idea for him to go inside the cafe. So Malcolm said he would just go in and I get it to go. I guess someone thought we look suspicious. A black guy along with a white young girl and a guy. Oh no, what am I reading? Where is this going? A police car... I, I'm concerned. 
A police car pulls up and orders everyone out at gunpoint. About that time, Malcolm came out, as he had been a campus cop at SIU while attending there. It finally convinced the cop we were not a threat and he let us go. But not before making Emil get all the empty booze bottles that had somehow accumulated in his car to the trash can across the street. It took several trips. Wait, so did... What? Before we left, Emil thanked the officer, telling him that he had been meaning to get those bottles out for a while. Emil! <laughs> I mean, yeah. Don't Emil, have those in your car. Don't let this leave the beer bottles in the back of your car. Just a reflection of the times. And then number three, sitting in the lounge watching the news as the Cuba Missile Crisis unfolded. Kind of scary, especially being away from family. Wow. Well, at least Emil wow, made that's it. Not where I'm not I, like where that's that was not where going. I thought that story was going at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> me neither. Wow, what a well, twist. Yeah, we got some twists there at the uh, at the, at the the conclusion. The Cuban yeah, Missile Crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Ah, uh. yeah. Uh, crazy time. Scary time. Especially yeah. inside the Mentino State Hospital. But yeah, we've been always we talk about locations sometimes and haunted buildings and all that stuff and like putting pins in like a map. I mean, I wouldn't mind on any journey we take to swing by here and just check out this, the area, since we talked about it and imagine, you know what I mean? That'd be fun, because it sounds like a lot of fucked up things happen there. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, yeah. It's a fucked up, fucked up place, haunted town, haunted, uh, haunted building, I mean, in Mantino, good old Mantino, Illinois. Might still be a haunted town, you know, it with could, everything I underneath mean, them. Who knows? Yeah, man, those tunnels. Now, when I was putting this together, I was thinking about, like, what if those cottages and stuff became, like, houses? Like, residential? Then every house was connected by these tunnels. Ah. That would be some... That would be a creeper's, like, dream. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, if they're... Especially if they're linked and you don't know and you move in or something. Right. Like, anybody who, like, it's just forgotten... You know what I mean? Like, it's just lost to history. And then somebody discovers it, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? And then, like... Yeah. And then that's if that's the only guy that like knows it... could be a premise it, for some sort of horror movie. I think it I think it needs to be. It's got all the it elements there. Who knows? Yeah. Because you have the history with the mental hospital, and then you have this guy who finds the tunnels by mistake, or something happens, or he knows something, and then people start going missing, and then no one knows. And then you find out that somebody just has a... Oh my God! Like a you know a gateway to everybody's house. Jesus, mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. Well, make a note of that. That's a good one to have. Yeah, for when we start our uh, movie production. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not reading now, so I can see you now. Hello. Oh hey. Hey hi. <laughs> Still here. But yeah, yeah. Good. I <laughs> good. Thank God. <laughs> But yeah, the Mantino State Hospital in Illinois. Terrible area could still be haunted as shit. A lot of spooky stuff could be going on there. And I would not mind to visit. And that one woman said there's bodies. Maybe her mother's body was buried there. Well, where did they go? Did they build things on a burial ground? Is there a bank on top of a burial ground? I mean, there's got to be a cemetery, I would think. Like, Especially even even with a mental hospital. Like being a hospital... You're still going to have casualties, you know, so you got to... Right. They're probably all buried somewhere nearby. 
Yeah, hopefully, yeah, just, yeah, as long as it's still marked so everybody knows what's going on there. Right. It's something we'd have to do another quick search for, probably, to find, like, Mantino State Hospital Cemetery or something like that. Yeah, Who that's knows? true. And it could have changed hands or something. But I guess there's, like, um, I don't know how those are going on in this current era, but, like, you know, haunted tours, all the, like, there's a lot of haunted buildings in Mantino. Which very well could be, I mean, there was a bunch of them, but I just focused on this main one. But there's like tours and stuff and like different parks. So that's probably worth delving into. Probably should have expanded on that a little bit more. But I mean, there's like Halloween time. You can get tours and just take this creepy tour in Mantino. Which again, oh, I, I during think a normal doing time. Some would be... digital time. Digital tours right now, I think. That's what oh. I heard. Yeah. I don't know how. Amazing. I don't know if it's the same. I can't imagine that would be the same. You know, mm. having the oh. visceral, like, being there type thing and being like, this is haunted. It's right. A lot, if it's any... a lot different through a screen where you're like, is it? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, neat. Yeah, unless, oh, unless, like, the feed starts glitching because ghosts like electronics. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe, the, maybe you'd have mm. a better chance of talking to a ghost if it's just live streaming. It's like, hey, what's up? Hey, dude, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's just another ghost. You. My... It's like, huh? Who's the guy in our stream? Yeah. Oh, is that? I don't know. Oh, who's? Does that does that look like a a doctor? Is who's? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's waving quite... though. Oh, I think he kind of floated across the floor. He's got an ice pick. Oh, he keeps geez. poking the camera with it. <laughs> <laughs> what is he uh. trying to do? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Oh, no. Please, sir, can yeah. you... Uh, I'm just going to hang up on that guy. <laughs> yeah, we're done. It's like, all right, well, block this guy. He's out of the call. No thanks. No Zoom ghosts. There's a story, too, for some kind of film. All this live streaming going on. More people more people have connected to each other with digital means now than probably any time in history. Ignoring just the using of the internet, like the communication, I mean. Like there's right. something with the yeah. visual aspect. I don't know. Maybe that's the perfect opportunity for ghosts. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I like that. Possible. Watch out for those digital ghosts. Don't download them. Oh, that's how they get you. That's true. Shit. Yeah, got to have your ghost blocker. Ghost blocker. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if anybody wants to or has been to Mantino and plans on it or thinks it's cool, any haunted tours, you should let us know. Weirdandfeardpodcast at gmail.com. All the social medias, uh, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, and um, you know, behind the veil where the conversation continues. May the meat of the show is here. But if you want some additional content, go check us out on the Patreon. Right, yeah. Trying to keep it ad-free, so give us some love if you can. Please give us some love. Oh, leave us some... You know what's awesome? That costs like $0. If you want to leave us a sweet-ass review on the iTunes, that would be badass. I'd appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Appreciate the hell out of those. That'd be fun. All right. Well, what else is fun? Staying spooky? Is that fun? It is fun. Let's stay spooky. You guys should stay spooky. Boom. Yep. Bye.